mm-hmm. um, especially if you have a significant other, um, a family, um, home responsibilities, you know, shut off at a, at a given time each day enjoy your, your evenings, or if you're a night owl, enjoy your mornings, (laughs) Um, enjoy your weekends and really take the time away because what you're going to find is you're going to come back to your business, recharged, energized, and you're going to actually be so much more productive and creative because you've given your brain this time off. You're listening to the leader's lab with Dr. Charity TV. Welcome to the Leaders Lab, the podcast created to help millennial multi-passionate entrepreneurs build, organize, launch, and manage their online brands and businesses without losing balance. And now, here's your host, the digital organization development consultant, cross-cultural communications specialist, and your favorite global leader, Dr. Charity C. Campbell. Hey, 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 Entre Leaders. Happy Wednesday, and welcome to another episode of the Leaders Lab podcast. If you are new to our podcast here, I am your host, Dr. Charity C. Campbell, better known as Dr. C, and I'm a doctor of management. I am a world-class millennial global leader, an academic professional, and a multi-passionate entrepreneur who absolutely loves helping other creative professionals to reach their fullest potential. And here in the Leaders Lab, we talk all things entrepreneurship, leadership, communication, and balance as a millennial professional. And as a small leader, a small business leader, you know that vision is key to your success. But what many leaders fail to realize is the power of clarity and crafting a vision narrative. Now, in order to be a successful small business leader, you need to have a clear vision for your future. And this is why crafting a vision narrative is so important. In today's episode, we are delighted to have a very special guest with us who specializes in this very topic. So be sure to grab your pen, a paper, your iPad, your notes app, whatever you are going to use to take notes because you do not want to miss all of the gems that will be shared during this discussion of how leaders can benefit from crafting a vision narrative, how to find clarity and focus as an entrepreneur, and building a roadmap to revenue. Now, with over 30 years of experience in strategy and operations, our special guest, Jennifer Drago, offers business coaching and consulting to small business leaders so that they can get clear on their roadmap to revenue. And drawing on her own experience as an entrepreneur, Jennifer helps busy, overwhelmed business leaders, I know some of you are like, oh, that's me, (laughs) get the most out of their business and life by increasing profits, working fewer hours. Where is the magic in that, ladies and gentlemen? Like, we are going to find out about this. And then also amplifying their impact. Jennifer is quite passionate about helping others reach their potential, and she believes that business owners have the power to change their lives through inspired and actionable tasks, and she is dedicated to helping them do just that. So without further ado, entre leaders, please put your hands together and help me welcome to the lab none other than 
Jennifer Drago. I hope I said your last name correctly. Actually, is it Drago or is it Drago? Drago, but I get it a lot. Yeah, it doesn't matter. (laughs) (laughs) I answer to anything. (laughs) Well, Ms. Drago, thank you so much for being with us. Welcome to the Leaders Lab, ma'am. Thank you so much. And what a, what a wonderful introduction. I wish I, I, I need to play this back so I can uh, have like a lead-in tape created by Dr. Campbell. That was amazing. <laughs> well, thank you for that. I appreciate <laughs> that. No, now I only, you know, I just, you provide the experience. I just, you know, I just basically gave you a voiceover of, of, of how, Perfect. you know, of reading it, but um, you have over 30 years of experience. How did you get started? Like, I, I know many, many of our listeners and viewers, for those who are watching the video version of, of the podcast, they're like, okay, we talking about working fewer hours, you know, creating a, crafting a, a vision narrative, go creating this roadmap to revenue. But, but before you develop these um, principles mm-hmm. of how to do these things, how did you get started? Well, thank you for asking. I actually uh, went the traditional corporate route out of grad school. So um, I finished my um, MBA and my master's in health services administration. And my what I really wanted to do was be a hospital administrator. And so I worked in hospital and health systems for, um, oh my goodness, 15 years, I would say. And in those, where I got to gravitate to was doing strategy work, planning for new programs and services, um, doing Mm -hmm. strategic planning for the organization, doing environmental assessments of the market and where where our strengths were, where our weaknesses were. So I learned a lot of tools there. And from that job, I actually also got to work in operations. And um, I also worked in the grocery industry. And the reason those two industries are alike is margins are very slim. And so you have to work very productively and be very streamlined. And so I learned a lot about operations through that. My true love is in planning and in helping to launch new businesses. And I have this entrepreneurial spirit. So I've been an entrepreneur a couple times over, even while I was working uh, in my corporate world after hospitals and grocery. I went to senior living. Um, also, yeah. So, um, a lot of nonprofit work, uh, to be honest, but I also worked in the for-profit and got to, uh, really compare and contrast those industries. So now, um, I left my corporate position last July and my vision of why I started peak to profit is I really want to help other entrepreneurs take the expertise and the experience that I have and the tools that I can give them that, you know, a lot of them came out of the corporate world, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, some entrepreneurs aren't maybe aware of them. If you didn't go to business school, if you, you know, mm-hmm. don't have a background with a lot of experience in these things, um, I can help navigate people through some of those early challenges by teaching them some of the things we're going to talk about today. So that's really my passion is to share um, my expertise with up and coming entrepreneurs and help them get farther faster. I love it. Help them to get farther faster. I love it. You know, that just, it just flows like water when you hear to help them to get farther faster. So, I mean, so you have, you actually have a very, um, holistic, like a very well-rounded experience and not just corporate, but for-profit, non-profit. And I'm sure that that plays 
a part on how effective the strategies are that you create in terms of planning. One of the things uh, we 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 actually have a um, a whole series, a YouTube playlist series of an action plan, like creating an action plan uh, when mm-hmm. it comes to getting things ready in business. But you know, one of the things that I have found out, especially as a multi passionate, <laughs> as someone who has multiple things on her plate, many of our entre leaders they experience the same thing. There's a lot of clutter because we have so many things that we want to do. We have so many passions, so many desires. And it's like, how do we plan it? How do we, you know, so here you, you're you're talking about helping us to gain clarity and focus so that we can have the right type of plan. But how do you even do that? Like, what's, are there specific steps to do that? Mm-hmm. I think so. I think so. Okay. Um, so if you just take one of the things that you want to do, right? Um, so yeah. first of all, especially with multi-passionate, right? We need to think about what's going to make money first and foremost. And I know that sounds a little corporate greedy um, and many millennials have, you know, social enterprises and other things that they want to do in the world. But the bottom line is you have to eat, you have to have a place to live. So pick the passion first that will lead you to revenue the most quickly, even if it's not the one you're most passionate about, in my opinion. And then whatever you're working on, we want to start with a vision in mind. Where are we going in the next three years? Um, that becomes, you, you mentioned roadmap to revenue, and that's one of the things that I teach. Mm-hmm. The roadmap, if you're, <laughs> if you're going to take a car trip, most people start with a destination in mind, right? Where am I headed? Yes. And then that yeah. that informs how much gas do I need? Do I, you know, am I bringing food and snacks, or am I going to stop on the way? Am I packing clothes? What kind of clothes? How many clothes? You know, and so yeah. so those became those become the strategic elements after you plan your destination. So I always start with a vision in mind for the passion, and then I create the roadmap, and we can go through some mm-hmm. of those steps, and then. The idea, and this is hard for everyone, not just multi-passionate millennial entre leaders, but you put the blinders on (laughs) and you work the plan consistently until you start to see the action. And then you can go on to your next step, you know, your next project after that one is successful. I feel so attacked right now in a positive way. Not no, 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 no. It's it's a it's a good pressure. It's a good pressure. You know, the very when you first said pick the thing that is mo- like that's going to bring you revenue. Like pick you pick the thing that's going to make you money first. I felt attacked like in such a good way because it was it just serves as a confirmation to what I have been um, basically saying to myself all year. You know, charity do. Cause I have three brands. I have three, three brands under one umbrella. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, they, they tell you when you pick the niche that you're going to use, if it, you know, the, the most profitable ones are dealing with, uh, money or business and, and health and wellness and, um, and, uh, like, uh, relationships. And mm-hmm. so I have one that's specifically, uh, about, uh, my health and wellness journey because mm-hmm. I've lost like a ton of weight. Um, and, I still have more to go. But so for me, I'm like, let me wait till I get to my goal and, you know, get there and then I can develop a program or something. And I'm, people still ask me for my workout routines. They still ask me for my nutrition plans and all these things. And I'm just like giving them away for free. While I, I love that you said you still have to eat, you still have to pay your bills, you know, you still have all those things. And the thing that I'm most passionate about, obviously, is 
you know, the, what I do professionally, which is my Dr. Charity TV brand, but my health and wellness brand, I know that that could be the one that would bring me in money immediately, mm-hmm. like immediately. But I haven't really, I love, you said, put the blinders on and just focus. And I'm like, but I have so many things that I want to do. Like, so yeah. How, but- how would you help me? <laughs> <laughs> well, I would say if you have an immediate revenue opportunity that will help you. Um, so think about this. If you bring revenue in through your health and wellness business, one, you have stability that I, you know maybe you have now. I'm not sure, but I'm sure it'll give you more cushion. You may be able to um, leverage that stability to hire people in your Dr. Charity brand that, you know, that helps you build that. Or maybe you hire, you know, someone, an operations manager in health and wellness. So it becomes more passive to you. Um, You know what I mean? So you get a lot of choices when you build your, your revenue first in your first passion. Uh, But um, in the end, you know, I would probably, if I was working with you, Charity, I would um, help you figure out, um, one, how all those brands fit together, or if they do, yep. are they completely yep. separate? And then yep. um, figure out how to lever, you know, leverage one against the other, you know, in a way like I just described. But I don't, unfortunately, yeah. I don't know anything about your brands. But <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's okay. No, it's okay. I I made the mistake that many multi passionate entrepreneurs actually make in the very beginning. Um, I tried to make gumbo out of all of my brands by mm-hmm. throwing them into one pot and making them all just be under, you know, Dr. Charity TV. So it was my travel brand because, you know, I live here in China, but I've, I I travel. I love to travel. I love to explore the world. And so I had that and then I had my health and wellness and then I had the leadership. But the thing that I found was that I didn't have clarity. Mm-hmm. I did my, you know, the, the, the audience and the viewers who wanted to see my health and wellness journey, they weren't necessarily there to see me travel or to, you know, for, for the organization development or for the leadership principles, vice versa, you know, those who were there specifically for the professional, they weren't really caring about like, you know, my health and wellness journey or me traveling the world and things like that. So in 2020, I did one of the hardest things I think I have ever had to do. I took the one cluttered brand and I had to separate it. Mm-hmm. I had to give each one its own home. Mm-hmm. And you know, I have, they're basically all subsidiaries under, under uh, my, my business, my company, which is C3 Global. But I had to take my, you know, my Doctora the Explorer, which is my travel brand, my Amazon Accord, my health and wellness and Dr. Charity TV and say, okay, boom, it's all separate. I gained clarity. I really did. They each have their own, you know, purpose and everything, but I have been messing up because I have not been focusing on the primary one that would generate income immediately. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, if, if, and that does cause overwhelm, I will say that that does cause, cause overwhelm because I don't necessarily know where, uh, where to place my efforts each day. I'm focusing more on the professional, you know? So, what what type of advice would you give to say, and I, I know I'm not the only one, that's why I'm asking this mm-hmm. question. I can be in the hot seat today for, for you listeners. Okay. <laughs> I can be in the hot seat today. But how can we gain clarity and focus? Like, Yeah, great question. So first is clarity always comes from action, right? Sometimes as entrepreneurs, wow. we sit there and we think, 
gosh, I wear all the hats in this business and just exactly, you took the words out of my mouth and out of my ideal client's mouth, which is, I don't know where to place my efforts every day. Where am I going to have the most impact? Right? So, so you can't sit back and wait for clarity to appear. It's not going to. And so the first thing that I would recommend is, you know, if you, you might with your three brands do this process three times over, because I think as you Mm -hmm. go through the process, you will gain additional clarity about where do I start? Where, you know, where Mm -hmm. should I focus first? Because I do think it's really hard to build three brands at once, to be honest with you. Um, Yes. Yeah. So the first thing I would do, let's take your health and wellness brand. Since we were talking about that, we would build a vision narrative for you. And a vision narrative is simply looking out three years from now and um, making um, painting a portrait of what your business is going to look like in three years. So that includes things like who are you serving? Who is your ideal client? If you're not really clear on that um, and clear on the problem that you're trying to solve, Mm -hmm. that's kind of step one, right? And and I feel like I even glossed over this when I was starting. I was like, oh God, you know, it's like, I want to serve every entrepreneur. Well, it's just not possible. Let's be honest, right? Mm -hmm. So um, in the vision narrative, some of the things that you ask yourself and and you get really um, serious about First of all, let me clarify what a vision narrative is. Um, You've probably heard of a vision statement. So you have a mission statement that says what you do. Many organizations have a vision statement, which is usually one or two sentences. And it's supposed to define an aspirational statement of where the organization is going or, you know, that it wants to serve you know, in your case, uh, world wellness instead of <laughs> world peace. But yeah. the reality about vision statements is that they're not very helpful in and of themselves because they don't really, they're not descriptive enough. That's why I, over time, as I've worked in strategic plans with bigger organizations, I adopted the model of doing a vision script or a vision narrative, which tends to be eight to 10 statements that are truly descriptive of where the organization is going to be in that three-year period. So some of the things that we ask ourselves are, you know, who will we be serving? How many clients will we have at the end of that three-year period? How do we acquire um, clients? What products will we have in the future? What's the transformation Mm -hmm. or value that they'll deliver? And in many cases, it's not just one product, but it might be two or three, and that's fine as long as they fit together, right? Um, What is our competitive advantage um, how will we, what will our team look like three years from now, right? If we have so many clients, we're going to have to have a team to serve those clients. What will our sales numbers be? What geography will we be serving? So there's um, a whole series of questions. In fact, I have a freebie on my website that anybody Ooh. can download and ask those questions of themselves. And you're then creating, yes. And, um, the freebie, well, you can see it right on top. There's a freebie page and it's called vision narrative and it'll give you all these questions to ask yourself. And so in the end, what it comes out to be is what's the name of your health and wellness brand? Uh, it's, it's, it's Amazonicorn. It's like an Amazon plus a unicorn put together. Perfect. I love it. So it would start out and it would say by the year 2025, Amazonicorn, right? Did I say that right? Yeah, yeah, you did. <laughs> it's weird, I know. 
Amazon Accord will colon and then serve 1500 fill in the blank for your ideal clients in a membership yeah. format. Uh, we will have this many te- team members. And what it does is it provides this truly descriptive portrait of where you're headed. And I don't want anybody to discount the value of having a vision written out because just imagine if you read that every day as you sat down at your desk, um, mm. that alone is powerful. As you bring yeah. team, as you bring team members on, also when they yeah. can read where your organization is headed, that brings passion and excitement, and then they know wow. how to do their job because they know where you're headed. So, so yeah. that's step one. Um, and then step two is we do a SWOT analysis of your organization where you, I don't know if you've heard the term SWOT, but it's strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, threats, mm-hmm, strengths, mm-hmm. strengths and weaknesses are internal to your organization. Um, so maybe you have some products now or some meal plans, um, some workout plans that could be, you know, that's a strength. You've already built some of those assets. Um, maybe your weakness is, you know, I need to show up more on social media because I know that's really important for a health and wellness brand. So you build out your strengths and weaknesses, which are internal to your business. Your opportunities and threats are external to your business. And then uh, you have a really clear portrait of what things you need to work on and the things you need to work on then become your roadmap. I'm going to stop for take a breath and um, see what questions because, you have so far. You, <laughs> no, no, because I'm taking it all in. I, I really feel seen right now. Like I feel so seen. You said, you know, you need to show up on social media more. And I'm like, <laughs> she does know about my brand. <laughs> <laughs> I, I focus so much on the one, you know, that I'm just like, ah, I'll post here and there. I'm not as consistent, but that one, any and every time that I go and I start posting something about like, you know, an update or weight loss, I instantly get new people who are following me. And I, I mean, I mean, I get, yeah. Yeah. It's okay. And you know, here's a key point. Um, we, we as leaders, right, and especially you're, you're speaking, your ideal group is um, a group of young leaders for the most part. I mean, I'm 54, so everybody's young to me, but we have to Still build. <laughs> thank you. Still we, have to, we can't feel shame about what we haven't done yet, right? We have to celebrate the progress and the wins every single day because every one of your entre leaders are growing every single day and Celebrating those wins is building the confidence that they have in their business. Wow. Yeah. So then, okay, so so, so what do we focus on at first? Okay. You know, should should yeah. I be focused on, because you are, you're absolutely correct about the three brands. It's a lot to manage. I mean, and I, I have invested in tools and software and listen, I'm sorry to all my entre leaders who be like, ah, oh, she, she made the episode about herself. Listen, I told you I'm in the hot seat for you today because I know a lot of the things that I am dealing with, you may be dealing with as well. But, you know, as me, especially as a doctor of management, which should I be more focused on? Should I be focused on time management or productivity each day? Or should I like do each? Because, you know, I I love, love, love having my creative time. And that really does take up a lot of my time. Yeah, I love I love this question. So what we haven't talked about yet is creating. Um, you know, so you talk, I talked about the vision and doing the SWAT. Now all those things are going to lead you to a set of goals. 
And um, I know some people are like, "Uh, I don't like goals or (laughs) I don't know how to hold myself accountable to goals. But when you do the vision and when you do the SWOT analysis, you're going to see natural opportunities of things you need to work on. Like, for example, let's just continue with your health and wellness um, brand. So maybe you, we know for most online businesses, one of our biggest assets is our email list. And so perhaps that needs to be an initial focus, having regular content and uh, with connections to to pull people onto your email list. So that might be one of your goals for this coming year. Build your email subscribers to X. You're also building your personal brand and credibility in that health and wellness space. So some of the ways we can do that are uh, showing up on social media regularly, doing Mm -hmm. lives, doing workshops, being on podcasts, and you have one built in, um, being, being on, you know, having articles. So your second goal might be around building your personal brand and your credibility so that you can, you know, start to sell, right? Do you see how this is the roadmap to the revenue, right? You have to, (laughs) you have to have your brand, have your credibility, build your audience, and then that will lead to, I can sell them these things. And then the third thing that you might need to do in your health and wellness brand is build your assets to sell. So if you don't, you know, Mm. if you're thinking, I want a membership, I want to build a course, um, I want to sell meal plans, whatever your assets are to sell, you probably have a little bit of work to do to, to do those things. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so do you see how, and I would try to keep your goal list very short. Now you can have tactics under that, right? Because like, if we say build assets to sell, maybe there's two categories of assets you're going to build. Um, but keep the goal list pretty short and, and refresh it every quarter. So that process that I just talked about, the vision narrative, the SWOT analysis, and then figuring out what goals are going to move you toward your revenue, that roadmap to revenue. Do that process every quarter because online world changes very quickly. You recommend a quarterly refresh of even the vision narrative? Take a look. No. So, so great question. I would review it and make sure it's still completely accurate right? So in some cases, we're going to plan for three years out and we're going to see growth that happens way faster than we expected. So we need to up a number or maybe we found Um, a market, a different ICA, and we want to make a little pivot. So, So yeah, your vision narrative overall is not going to change. Your SWOT may change a little bit, but if you don't take time to think about what your strengths and weaknesses are, your goals for that quarter may not be completely, you know, aligned with that, but absolutely refresh your goals. I mean, some, some you'll complete, some you'll still be working on, but you always want to be, have this set of three ish things that are really important and building that roadmap to revenue. And your question was, what do I focus on every day? Right. How do I know where to focus? Well, your three, your three goals are that now you got, you know, what you got to get in motion to get to that revenue point, to have things to sell and, and an audience to sell to. And then you put your blinders on and you work the plan. And that becomes, these are the three things I do every week, maybe not every day, but every week. So there are some, so there are some tasks that you say, okay, you don't have to focus on them every day. So that way you won't have burnout, but you do need to focus on them weekly. 
Yeah. So what I recommend, and you mentioned time management, and I'm, I'm glad you did. I'm a huge time management nerd. Um, okay. So you have to find routines and habits that work for you, right? But yes. one of the things, you know, entre leaders, um, I want you to first call yourself CEO of your business, right? You are the CEO. And then think about what CEOs do. What are CEOs responsible? They're responsible for guiding the ship, for creating the vision, for doing all the things we just talked about. But you also yeah. have to work the plan and and build your business. And so each CEO should have between four minimum hours per week, up to eight hours per week that is just business building activity. So those are probably those mm. three goals. And I would, I like to do it um, four hours on Monday morning and four hours on Friday afternoon. And if I can, if my Fridays are very free, I move that up into the morning so I can take the afternoon off. But um, Mondays and Fridays are my CEO time. And that's when I'm, I'm prospecting, I'm reaching out to new networking clients. I'm, you know, doing, actually, I'm going to be honest. I just read those three goals are the goals that I have for my business um, for this, you know, immediate quarter. So those are the things I'm doing uh, every Monday and every Friday. But yeah, four to eight hours a week spent specifically on building your business. So what, what, what about the other hours? You know, is it all, is it all like, uh, I don't want to say asset management, but is it all, you know, social media engagement or, you know, other things like how, how do you, I I love that four to eight hours though. I'm, I'm stealing that. Like I'm, I thank you for giving us that because I'm definitely going to do that. Yeah. Well, you know, it depends on your business and where you're at. So for example, um, with your health and wellness, you probably, you said you like your creative time. Um, so probably some big chunks of those remaining days are going to be in creative time, um, creating mm-hmm. content, formatting content, um, definitely batch though. I mean, I, and I think this is, you probably know this and use this, but I think it's a huge time management hack for anybody, any entrepreneur for sure is batch your stuff together. So you're creating content, create content. You're doing your social media, do it once a week. Don't do it every day. I mean, unless you're just shooting a quick reel or something like that, but yeah. yeah. So, I mean, you can be working the plan in in more than eight hours a week. It's just going to make your plan move faster. Wow. Yeah. So for for me now I'm serving clients. So I'm, I'm coaching certain days of the week. I'm doing uh, VIP days. I'm meeting with my clients on an ongoing basis. Sometimes I just have to be head down in client work. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's why it's really important for me to kind of bookend my week with the CEO time. So I can make sure I'm continuing to prospect for new clients and, you know, to meet new people. That's awesome. So then, so you have, you know, you have your CEO time, you have your uh, content creation, batching, scheduling, you know, mm-hmm. all of the things coming back for engagement. Um, how, how do you work in balance as a professional here? Because I love what you said about, you it. know, moving your Friday into the beginning of the Friday, you know, your Friday evening to early so you can have the rest off. Help the rest of us, please. Help us overachievers. <laughs> yes. You know, it's it's kind of interesting. Um, I So my son is 24 years old and he's launching a business. And I keep having this wow. conversation with him about work recovery, which is um, mm. you can't work 
you can't work 100 hours a week. Your, our body and our brains weren't built for that. There's been, you know, study after study. The most recent one I read was from Stanford that says after 50 hours a week, your um, ability to produce and your creativity just takes a nosedive. Wow. <clears throat> so it's really it, as important as your time in your business is, your time outside of your business is really important also. And wow. so um, also on my website, on that same freebies page is a work recovery checklist. And okay. um, it's just reminding you, um, you know, how to build in work recovery. And it's basically, you know, set boundaries on your days, mm-hmm. um, especially if you have a significant other, um, a family, um, home responsibilities, you know, shut off at a, at a given time each day, enjoy your, your evenings, or if you're a I night owl, that. enjoy your mornings, <laughs> um, enjoy your weekends and really take the time away because what you're going to find is you're going to come back to your business, recharged, energized, and you're going to actually be so much more productive and creative because you've given your brain this time off. Yeah. And the other yeah. thing I'll say, Charity, and you're, you're a prime example. I was so excited to hear you say <laughs> that you prioritized your own health and wellness. And yeah. um, what's interesting to me um, as I'm coaching people in their business, right? So I'm talking to them about their business goals and lots of people have huge goals. And then they'll say, I, you know, but I just can't focus. I can't concentrate. And um, when I start unpacking their personal side of things. <laughs> they're not sleeping well. They're eating mm-hmm. like crap. They're mm-hmm. not moving their body, right? So mm-hmm. it's all the mm-hmm. things we know, but everything that you do to care for your your own health and wellness outside of your business is going to pay dividends in your business. So don't wow. neglect that. If you know any Fortune 500 executive they are exercising for an hour a day. They probably eat right. You know, they, they have mm-hmm. all the health and wellness stuff down. Do they have stress? Yeah. But, but just try to pay attention to those self-care things because they're so important. So build that routine into your day also. I love it. Uh, this is this is definitely helpful. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm about to ask the question that most of us, initially start a business for you know of course we have our passions and of course we have things that we love but honestly you know it's about the money we're trying to make some money with this thing you know Mm -hmm. so and if I could learn the quickest way (laughs) I'd rather take the shortcut what is the quickest way that I can build revenue um, in the entrepreneurial space with with my brands or with the things that I love yeah. You know, it's kind of interesting because we don't normally start this way, but um, the simplest advice I can give you is start with the end in mind. And so what I mean by that is when you're doing your visioning for your business and mm-hmm. and you're really thinking about, okay, what is this business going to look in three years from now, look like in three years, you're probably, we talked about, you were going to talk about your products and services. Yeah. You, need, you need to figure out those early on. That's your end goal, right? So if you know you want to create a course and it's going to have this value and that's going to be your primary moneymaker. And then after the course, you're going to um, try to get people into a backend membership to continue to support them. And that's another source of recurring revenue. 
um, well, what do you need first? You need the course first, right? Uh, and, <laughs> and, the, so, and the content for the, co- for the course, which yeah. is the thing that always gets me. A hundred percent. Exactly. So begin with the end in mind, know what your products are going to be and how they're going to lead into each other. Right. So do you do a Mm -hmm. workshop that leads to a course that leads to that back end membership and then, um, you know, create them in the right order because you're going to, you know, you may not need the membership until later. So start with the course and the workshop to sell the course. And um, again, just, you know, uh, head down, focus and get it done. And it's not going to be perfect. Here's another thing. I don't know if it um, affects many of your leaders, but I bet it does is, you know, fear of, we have so many fears that can hold us back in our business, fear of perfection, or we want to be, Uh we want it to be perfect before we put it out there. Fear of being seen, fear, fear of failure. The only way to get through fear is to actually do the thing we're fearful of. There is no other way. Waiting it out doesn't help. Delaying doesn't help. Delaying actually makes it worse because it makes your fears grow exponentially. Just do it. It won't be perfect, Uh, but you know, think about that course. You create the course and as you're delivering it live, you're going to make notes. Oh, I want to change that. Next time I do it, I'm going to change this. You're going to tweak it and make it better each and every time, but just take action. I know you're just giving answers and so many of these things, but again, I'm targeted here (laughs) in such a good way, in such a good way, because you, you know, and you mentioned, uh, you know, that when you delay your fears, just grow. And it's so true. It's not even about, you know, because a lot of times we talk about the procrastination, but it's really, it's, it's really like the, the components that are attached to procrastination that magnify, you know, they intensify and make you really just continue to put things off until you never, ever do them. Um, and something um, I heard Marie Forleo say a couple of years ago, she, she, she talked about progress, not perfection. Mm. And I think I'm actually doing a lot better now uh, in my in my late 30s than I was in my late 20s um, as as a perfectionist, wanting everything to be perfect. And just because I was like, okay, I have to just do something. And but I'm going to tell you, it's really hard for me to produce something. I'm, I'm being completely honest. It is really hard for me to produce something that I feel like is not my absolute best, which is perfect, right? Mm-hmm. It's so hard. But then I go and like I see something and I'm like, oh, I want to buy this. You know, it's a digital product or it's a course or it's something. And I find so many errors or I find so many other things. And I'm like, but me and like thousands of other people have already purchased this and these people are making money and they they're not concerned as I am. So your your B plus work, your A minus work is already better than ninety five percent of the population, if not more. So so that's why we just have to get comfortable with imperfect action. Wow. You, yeah, I mean, you just have to get, you just have to do it. And I promise you, I used to be that way. I used to be um, a perfectionist procrastinator. And I I was, and, um, I got used to moving quicker and getting things out. And sometimes I have a typo, oops, you know, and it, it kills me by the way, but (laughs) I learn from it and I move on. It's, you just have to do it and, and trust in yourself and have confidence in yourself to know that you're not going to put out a crap product. 
Yeah. You know, none of your entrepreneurs are. Um, so yeah. Well, well then how, um, how do you deal with imposter syndrome as a small business leader? Yeah. So whenever you feel, um, any kind of fear in your business or block, right. It's, it's coming from an internal place. It's coming from your inner child. I've done a lot of um, inner child work and it's your ego trying to protect you from something. Usually it's trying to keep you in your comfort zone and it's usually trying to give you safety and security and it's innocent, right? It's not nothing we can be mad at ourselves about. It just, it, it happens and it's natural. And the only way that we step out of our, well, the only way we grow is when we step out of our comfort zone. True. Um, the only way to have confidence is to take action. Again, clarity comes from action. Confidence comes from action. <laughs> moving through your fear comes from action. Um, all these things are moving you out of your comfort zone so that you can grow. So um, as an entrepreneur, always try to stay at your edge. Always be pushing yourself a little bit further, a little bit further, a little bit further. You're going to gain that confidence. You're going to gain um, the courage and the imposter syndrome will uh, move away. I heard somebody say, it was Amy Porterfield, who said, um, you know, she creates digital courses and teaches people to do the same. And she said, you just have to be mm-hmm. 10 steps better, 10% ahead of the next person. And you're an expert to that person. Right. And, and wow. so, yeah, so just go for it. Okay. <laughs> so I want to, I want to actually go back to revenue for just a moment. Yeah. How do you, how do you know what to price things? You know, do you look at the competition? I mean, how, like, how do you, because if we're talking about the quickest way to go, you know, uh, to, to grow your revenue as an entrepreneur, many entrepreneurs don't actually know what to, what to charge or what to mm-hmm. price their things. So how do you, how do you deal with that? There's um, a couple ways. First is a market assessment, right? So looking at your competitors or similar products and kind of seeing what they're charging. Um, when you're new, you probably want to charge it, a, you know, go a little bit lower um, yeah. so that you can gain more people. And then as you're de- starting to deliver that product, whether it's coaching or course or whatever you're doing, ask for feedback. You know, what did you think about this? How can I improve? What did you think about the price? Um, so you're so initially <clears throat> you're setting your prices based on competitors and what everybody else is doing, and then you're mm-hmm. asking for feedback and improving it. Um, the other thing I would say is um, I hope all of your entrepreneurs at some point when when uh, they can afford it will invest in themselves with a, a true business coach or leadership coach because a mm-hmm. coach will always push you to um, know your worth. And usually it's, you know, telling people to increase their prices and giving them the confidence to do it because of, you know, all the great value that they offer. So yeah, yeah, it's really hard in the beginning. You're kind of taking a, it's a bit of a crapshoot. The other tool or tip that I would have for that is if you do have a following on social or an email audience, you can offer your product first to your audience as a founding members launch. And that Mm. can be even like half price, or you can give them a substantial discount in exchange for feedback about your course. And one of the things they'll give you feedback on, of course, is your pricing. Okay. I have, um, I have 
Oh, you can't see me. Hold on. <laughs> there we go. All right. Well, I appreciate you for uh for for adding in the um the part about coaching, and you are absolutely one hundred percent correct. They definitely push you to increase that value. Whether or not you actually listen is another story, because <laughs> you know, because uh, imposter syndrome, fear, and just all those things. But yeah, so I, I I love that. I absolutely love that, and uh, that's that's one of the things that I'm really looking to do. I don't want to say looking forward to do because honestly, there's a bit of hesitation, you know. And with my with the brand that I know would bring me the most like if I started something right now it would be the one that gives it would bring in revenue quicker than any other brand that I have right now and it's just because there's there's interest there you know it's mm-hmm. it's, it's a hot one like there's interest um, and I can tell that there's interest just from a single post you know a single post of, of information about you know fasting uh, alternate day fasting or you know about a specific exercise or working out at home and or you know running to Tips, uh, running tips for bad knees, all those things. I mean, like people are just like so into it, but I, I've always looked at that one as just a hobby, you know, just, mm-hmm. just me just sharing with the world, never as a source of income. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's something that I plan to change this year. Uh, but I'm not going to lie though. It's, it's tough. It's difficult to move from that mentality of just, this is a hobby to no, let's try to make it the source of income. I would say if you have interest, that's something that Many people in the online space spend months and years trying to cultivate is interest. You have interest today. Uh, mm-hmm. So jump on it. I would jump on it. Okay. And you okay. have a, you're the, you're the living success story. Will it always bring you joy, Charity? I don't know. You know, so like, <laughs> just think about, you know, the next three years, like where do I want it to go in the next three years? And then can I bring in other people to manage it? And, you know, where does it go from there? You may find you know, that you really love it and you might may find that you just use that revenue to leverage it in your other business. And I appreciated uh, you saying that part because I'm like, oh, that does make sense. Take the income, no matter, you know, no matter the, the, the quantity, take the income, use it to leverage, you know, the others, maybe put them on auto, autopilot, you know, get an operations manager for them or whatever, or even for that one. So I appreciated you saying that, you know, mm-hmm. um, and one of the uh oh man i had to you said something and i was like oh that's a good that's a good point to make and that overall you know i really appreciate what you have shared with us today and i know that you help small business leaders mm-hmm. to you know work less hours have a greater impact on on the world around them you know or in their sphere of influence and and also to build their revenue while you are working with these leaders and also you've worked in, you know, corporate America or, or in the corporate space, and you've also worked nonprofits, for profits and things like that mm-hmm. out of all of your 30 years of experience, what would you say is the number one characteristic that every leader must have? I am going to say consistency. Um, and it, it, pertains to entrepreneurs probably more than most, but I can also um, hearken back to my corporate days. If you have that goal, have your goals set out and you take consistent action on those daily, weekly, however you work that into your schedule, um, you are going to be successful. You've probably heard the quote that you can't fail if you 
unless you stop trying, right? You can't fail unless you quit. And the reality is many entrepreneurs quit at the 80% mark. It's a lot of work to build a business. You may not see the fruits of your labor for a year or two. So don't quit at the 80% mark. You know, you're just going up the hill and you're about to hit that tipping point where things get (laughs) easy. So stay in the game, be consistent with your actions every single day. And, you know, to me, consistency also means putting those blinders on and staying away from shiny object syndrome as well. I was, you know, I was hoping that that you would bring up shiny object syndrome (laughs) um, because I actually did. I did. I have a Monday motivation live stream. And I talked about shiny object syndrome where we see, we see, we've done this vision statement, uh, the vision narrative we created. We said, oh, this, okay, we got our goals together. We're going to follow this. And we didn't put the blinders up. (laughs) We didn't put the blinders up. So you start seeing something shiny over there. You're like, I'm focused, focused. Oh, shiny. Like, and then you change your, you know, your focus onto what someone else has or what someone else is doing. And you're like, well, maybe I should try that too. When really what you initially came up with could be the very thing that is your breakthrough for your business, but you're so busy looking at what someone else has and you're, you're seeing their results. But to be honest, Jennifer, we don't know how long they've been working with that shiny object to get the results that they have. They could have been working for years upon years and we see it and it looks like an overnight success. So we're like, well, maybe I should do what they're doing. Correct. Yeah. And, and when you have shiny object syndrome and you notice yourself being distracted by things like that, um, take a look inside. What are you doing? Are you avoiding, uh, you know, a piece of hard work? You know, do the next wow. thing that you have to do in your goal list is something maybe you're not interested or you're like, oh, it's hard. Let me go find a resource to do that. You're just distracting yourself. So yep. Blinders on, stay consistent. I love it. I love it so much. Listen, this has been such a wonderful episode uh, so far with our very special guest here, Jennifer Drago. And if you've noticed, um, even now, if you're watching the video version of the podcast episode, you'll see that there's like a little ticker tape of her social media um, uh, contact information. But uh, Jennifer, can you tell people how can they contact you or how can they connect with you? Yeah, well, um, my email is, um, I think down there, but it's Jennifer, there it is, Jennifer at peaktoprofit.com. Or you can connect, of course, through my website, peaktoprofit.com. And um, I, like I mentioned, there's a number of free resources on my website that you can do it yourself if you're interested. I also love to help people um, do the work that we described today in a VIP nice. day. It's like a nice. four to six hours. We can work through all of that together and get you on your roadmap to revenue. Um, and then I, I love to coach people on an ongoing basis to um, help them achieve their goals. And you can imagine I'm a heck of an accountability partner because I'm always like <laughs> blinders, blinders on. <laughs> blinders. Take uh, action. Don't look at nothing else. I yep. love it. No fear. Whoa. No, no, nothing. Let's go. <laughs>
Well, I appreciate you being with us so much. And and Entre Leaders, did you enjoy this episode? Let us know um, in the uh, in the comments below on the video version if you're watching. Um, you can also, like she said, connect with her on social media. She is Peak to Profit um, everywhere. And then on YouTube, you can also check out her channel, subscribe, um, and and become just connect with her. She, you never know what she might be able to do to help you go from where you are, which is probably very little to none, little to none uh, revenue to actually producing revenue. And that's a win. If you, anytime you progress from where you are, that's a win. And I love what she said early on in the show, celebrate the wins, no matter how big or how small you have to celebrate. And I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Yeah. Every day, celebrate your wins. Well, thank you once again for being in the Leaders Lab on today. Is there anything, uh, anything you would like to say to our listeners before we, before we end this episode today? I just, um, I'm inspired always by entrepreneurs. Um, I love your dreams and, um, I know that you're going to go out in the world and do great things. Just keep that organization in front of you. And, uh, if you ever need help, give me a call, but, um, you are going to accomplish great things. So stay consistent, keep your blinders on and you got this. Excellent. Thank you so much once again. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Entre Leaders, listen, I want to thank you for listening to this very special episode of the Leaders Lab podcast. I cannot express enough um, how how fortunate I am to, to be able to bring um, these, these special uh, industry experts and leaders to you here on the Leaders Lab podcast. And it, it really, truly humbles me to know that you tune in every single week from all across the world just to learn from me and my special guests. And I really hope that you found the content valuable and that it is helping you in your journey to becoming a better entre leader. And if you haven't done so already, you know that you can subscribe to the Leaders Lab podcast, the audio version. Um, you can also, also download today's episode and rate and comment and share so that we can continue reaching millennial entre leaders all across the globe. And of course, we love and appreciate our um, our non-millennial. We, ha- we actually have I have more non-millennials that tune into the podcast than anything, which always mm-hmm. makes me, you know, it always gets me. But um, we thank you so much for supporting us. And also, I invite you to connect with me everywhere. You all know that you can uh, you can find me everywhere at Dr. Charity TV. Um, and don't forget, you can visit www drcharitytv.com. Um, or if you are interested in being on the Leaders Lab podcast, you can send an email to the Leaders Lab podcast at drcharitytv.com. I am taking uh, guest applications for season three. Season two is already filled, but season three, I am taking applications for that. So don't forget, you can also connect with me everywhere at Dr. Charity TV. And if you have any questions, be sure to reach out and I will get back with you in a timely manner. So thanks so much for tuning in to this very special episode of the Leaders Lab podcast, everyone. And I will see you next week in the lab. Thank you for listening to the Leaders Lab podcast. Visit our website at www.drcharitytv.com. And follow us on all social media platforms with at Dr. Charity TV.